Welcome to The John Chapman Show, where we talk about retirement readiness, strategies to help you grow and preserve your wealth so that you get the most from life with the money you do have. Are you on track? John is an employee of WorthPoint LLC. All opinions expressed by John and podcast guests are solely their own opinion and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of WorthPoint. This podcast should not be relied upon for investment decisions and is for informational purposes only. So you've just received notice in the mail that your company is offering a pension lump sum. Wow, think of all the possibilities. Maybe you're thinking, hmm, I'm not sure what a pension lump sum is. Maybe you're thinking, what are my options and, and why is the company doing this right now? Maybe your eyes drift to the number on the page and you think, hello, six figure payout. Think of what this could do for my net worth. And then reality sets in and you start thinking about, you know, the responsibility of having to successfully invest for many decades to come or, or maybe deal with the temptation to take money out to pay for a vacation or pay off old debts like the mortgage. Hey everyone, it's John Chapman here for another episode to help you grow and preserve your assets so you can get the most from life with the money you do have. And this week we're exploring the pension lump sum analysis so that you can critically think through all of your various options from all the various angles and ultimately make the right decision since this can be a significant impact on your overall financial plan. I can think back on dozens of interactions working with clients over the past 10 years when they were faced with pension lump sums and it can be a confusing and emotional time. And there's definitely no one size fit all because it's just so unique. I can think of one story in particular that I just have to share of a married couple in their late 50s. They were approaching age 60. They were about to retire. They wanted to retire around age 62. And they happened to work at the same company. And their company offered a huge pension lump sum. They got a seven-figure payout. And together, they opted to take the pension lump sum and then retire in that same year. And for clarification, this was about February of 2016. By the time April rolled around, they had received their money in their rollover IRA. It was fully invested. And then June happened. The UK voted to leave the Eurozone and the Dow dropped a thousand points in just one day. And while it ultimately almost completely recovered in the matter of a couple of weeks, then come August and September, the market got rocked again as we were preparing for the 2016 US presidential election. Ultimately what happened, these clients had so much more money than they were used to seeing on their computer screens. And even though there were some normal fluctuations in the stock market. They couldn't handle the ups and downs and they ultimately sold their investments in early 2017, just under one year after they had received the pension lump sums. And later that year, they decided they were gonna go back to work because they just couldn't handle withdrawing the money from their accounts and being invested in stocks since they wanted to see their balance stay at an even dollar amount. Wow, what a roller coaster that was. And part of my hope now with this podcast and all future conversations is to help those make an informed decision. Obviously, it's going to be emotional, but help think about the future implications 
and ultimately try to avoid some of this emotional turmoil that this poor family went through before retiring and then going back to work. So before we dive into today's seven-step action guide, let's just talk about some of the basics. What is a pension? What's its history? And then we can speed up to today. Pensions can be defined as just a regular stream of monthly income, usually from an employer or maybe a government entity to replace the paycheck you had in your working years for your retirement years until you pass away. And after a quick Google search, I can see that American Express gets the credit for having offered the first corporate pension plan in the U.S. in 1875. Some of the implications of having a pension is employees have a, a sense of security, knowing that they, they'll be taken care of after their working years because they'll have some version of their paycheck being replaced throughout retirement and having just that I don't want to call it guaranteed because it's not quite guaranteed, but just having that income that they could potentially rely on feels pretty rewarding. Of course, we need to consider the average lifespan for somebody in 1875 and think about the company's potential obligations. And another quick Google search here tells me that the average lifespan in 1875 was only age 40. I can't believe it. Well, fast forward to 1978, Congress paved the way for a completely new retirement system when they created something called the Defined Contribution Plan, or what we call a 401k plan. And that drastically shifted the burden of retirement savings from companies to employees. And granted, employees get a lot more flexibility, but they also get the responsibility of having to save and invest that money. So fast forward even more to the early 2000s, and as interest rates have started to come near zero, hardly anyone is offering a pension anymore, partly because it's so costly and risky to administer. But oh, by the way, average life expectancy has more than doubled since 1875, and today the average life expectancy is somewhere in the mid-80s. So naturally, since people are living longer, interest rates are lower, companies are really weighing their pros and cons, and, and so many are opting to just shut it down altogether. Which brings us to, right now, the pension lump sum offer. This is really motivated most oftentimes by mergers and acquisitions, uh, but companies are just simply weighing their risks and saying, we'd prefer not to bear the burden of investing and then paying out millions or billions of dollars for someone that might have a 30 or 40 year long retirement expectancy. So instead of getting a set dollar amount every single month for the rest of retirement, companies are offering a one-time payment which can be thought of as a present value of the expected future cash flow from the pension. Let's say it in another way. Instead of getting the $500 per month, you'll likely be offered something like a one-time payment of $100,000. Now we should note tax-wise, if you decide to take the pension lump sum and receive that into your bank account, then that money's most likely going to be added to your ordinary income and taxed in that year. Now, there is a second option. You could direct it to a rollover IRA account. 
And that would allow you to invest the money and defer the taxes until sometime in the future until you start taking it out. Now that we've talked about the history and the background and the evolution of retirement savings landscape, you can start to see you can start to make sense of the lump sum conversation and understand how we got here. So in an effort to help you avoid the paralysis by analysis or get stuck like the family I had shared in my story before, I've created a seven-step pension consideration framework to help you make an informed decision. Let's dive in. Consideration number one, what is your age and the time frame before you need this income? Are you age 64 and you're knocking on the doorstep of retirement? Or maybe you're age 58 or, or even younger and you feel like you have five, maybe 10 years until you might need this money. As a financial planner, time frame was one of the most important considerations in trying to wrap my head around or make sense of this decision. Naturally, there could be more weight placed on taking the monthly benefit the closer someone is to retirement. Having that sense of, of security for replacing their paycheck and, and living their same standard of living is fairly compelling. And, and on the flip side, somebody that has more than five years, maybe even 10 years, well, you could start to make a strong case for investing that money and having the flexibility of it. Consideration number two, what is your health and general longevity expectation? Of course, if we've learned anything through COVID, it's that life can change pretty quick and anything can happen. But as you think today right now, are you relatively healthy and expected to live a long retirement? Well, on the one hand, you could make a case, why not put the risk on the company's shoulders and have them pay you the monthly benefit if you are expecting a long retirement, assuming that you have the adequate savings to cover the difference. On the flip side, if you feel as if maybe your health isn't the best or you have a family history of passing away in your early 70s or 80s, then maybe you might feel like the control or the benefit of having that money in an investment account to pass on to your next generation or just for healthcare costs, then that also might be pretty compelling. We haven't quite talked about this yet, but it's important to note that the monthly payment option, let's say to you or maybe you and your spouse, upon passing away, those benefits are gone. So the worst case scenario would be you elect the monthly payments for you and your spouse and you pass away, let's say two years into your normal retirement, leaving no benefits to your kids or other heirs. So health and general longevity is an important consideration. Moving on to consideration number three, how much income do you need to sustain your lifestyle? And while few people keep a budget, let's think about the typical spending pattern that you have right now and use that as our defaulted scenario for how much income you'll want to have in the future. And an easy way to do that is to take your gross salary right now, let's pretend $200,000 a year, most folks receive anywhere between 50 to 60% of their gross salary as part of their net paycheck. They've got 401k deferrals, they've got taxes, maybe healthcare premiums. 
So this 200,000 of income might actually be close to $100,000. And each month that might look something like $8,000 or even whittled down more, $4,000 per paycheck. So this $4,000 per paycheck, I'm going to assume that you're spending the majority of that. So how does that 4,000 per paycheck or 8,000 per month compare to what you have saved or what you hope to be able to spend in the future? Now, if you've got an offer that gets $200 a month, well, maybe you're thinking on the one hand, gosh, this is just so tiny relative to my monthly spending, the pension doesn't hold much weight. And on the other hand, if you could receive 2000 maybe $3,000 a month, well, that really shifts the conversation because then you could be close to completely replicating one of your paychecks and then let social security or some investments do the heavy lifting for the other paycheck. Moving on, consideration number four is how much in assets do you have saved right now? Will you have enough to cover your lifestyle, any surprises or any potential healthcare costs in the future? Of course, not everyone knows exactly how much they need to have saved. And that's part of where I come in as a financial planner to help build a cash flow projection and a model for what your magic number is. But most people have a general sense about how much they need to have saved. And for the person who feels, let's say, underfunded in their retirement savings, maybe they feel more compelled to add this pension to their balance sheet and take the lump sum. And on the flip side, if you feel like you've got adequate savings, then maybe the extra $100,000 or so might not move the needle. And that moves us to consideration number five. What's your risk tolerance and investment skill? And now we need to be frank and have an honest conversation with ourselves and our financial planner about how you see yourself managing these investments in the future. Is this going to potentially be a small portion of your overall net worth? Or is this going to be a six or seven figure payout that is going to be the most amount of money that you've ever managed before? And try and put yourself in that shoes. The story I talked about earlier, the clients that were in their late 50s, almost 60s, and they had a seven figure payout. Now, prior to that, they had less than $500,000 saved combined between the two of them and their 401ks. They just hadn't put a large priority into it and they knew they had their pensions. And when they got the pension offers, it was almost one and a half million dollars per person. So the $3 million was a huge number relative to what they were used to managing. So we need to be honest about our emotional side of the investing equation. And sometimes we can get anchored to a set of money and we might feel like I just can't let it break below this certain dollar amount or else I'm not going to be successful. But that type of thinking actually can pose a huge challenge since investing is fluid and it takes the right perspective to know that your accounts will ebb and flow over time. And so long as you have the right mix of stocks and bonds, that hopefully it'll continue to grow and provide the right amount of income. So you might feel like if you have a low risk tolerance, the monthly payment option could be a good fit because that avoids you having to manage all of the investments yourself. Or, or maybe you feel like even though you still have a low risk tolerance, you have a trusted financial partner and they can do the heavy lifting for you to build an investment portfolio to make sure that it, it grows and hopefully pays throughout your retirement. Consideration number six, what's the company status? 
this is a huge consideration that could potentially wipe out all the others one way or the other. Uh, and most often this comes from either just your gut sense, having worked at the company in the past, or, or maybe even the, an inside scoop from friends who still work there. If the company just doesn't seem like they have enough strength to make it through for maybe the next couple of years or even the next couple of decades, then opting for the pension lump sum could be pretty compelling. For some examples, United Airlines had to file bankruptcy in 2005 and the PBGC, Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, had to step in to administer their pension, cutting 50 cents on the dollar to the pension benefits, leaving their retirees potentially drastically underfunded throughout their retirement years. Or maybe even General Electric, which has an estimated $30 billion in payments to its over 600,000 former employees and retirees, putting a huge amount of stress on operating the company. So understanding and, and trying to make sense of the company's status, of course, it's going to be a guess, but it's an important consideration for what you feel like is the most secure option for the money. This brings us to consideration number seven. What is your specific family situation? Let's think about your spouse, maybe your children or other family members. How would they be impacted by your decision one way or another? Maybe having the liquidity would be a benefit to your family as a whole. And this you could easily add into your investment pool. Or maybe it's going to be an unnecessary distraction and just too much of a temptation to draw on. I imagine for, for many of those that are faced with this decision right now, your gut is probably pulling you one direction or another. And as you can see, there is so much to consider here that it's really not a one-size-fits-all type of decision. And, and I can find myself making an argument really one way or another, depending on someone's situation. I think for me, the biggest fear I have is someone not being able to manage the money well if they do opt for the pension lump sum. And even if they can manage it well, to simply manage their expectations going in, think about the potential ebb and flow and how to take income from their portfolio in the future. I'm curious, do you have questions on your pension lump sum offer? I would love to hear from you and hear more about your story. You can reach out to me directly at thejohnchapmanshow at gmail.com. And with that, let's summarize the seven-step consideration guide for taking a pension lump sum. Consideration number one, what's your age and time frame? Number two, what's your health and general longevity? Number three, how much income do you need to sustain your lifestyle? Number four, how much in assets do you have saved between your brokerage accounts and your retirement accounts? Do you feel underfunded or overfunded for your retirement? Consideration number five, what's your risk tolerance and investment skill? Consideration number six, What's the company status? Are they healthy and growing or do they have some challenging times ahead? And last consideration number seven, what is your specific family consideration? Would this be a benefit or would this be an unnecessary distraction? Hey, thanks everyone for tuning in to this week's podcast. You can always reach out with questions or comments or feedback. And with that, take care and we'll see you again next week. 
Thanks for tuning in to The John Chapman Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. We encourage your questions, comments, and feedback. For additional information, check out thejohnchapmanshow.com or look for John on LinkedIn and Twitter. See you next week.